Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. This is Lessons Learned from Leaders and Legends Outside of Radiology, Part 2. Last month I did Part 1, and I gave you some incredible words of wisdom from some incredible speakers who come to our speaker series. And now let me do Part 2. And we're going to keep doing this a couple times a year. This coming year, beginning on October 17, 2017, our speaker series will start anew. And so we are going to have incredible people. We'll talk about that at a different time. But the first person we'll speak about is Nick Bayer. Nick is the founder and CEO of Saxby's Coffee uh, in, out of Philadelphia, but growing elsewhere quick, quickly. Uh, Nick is a legend not only for coffee, but it's more for his whole idea of how you do hospitality and how you train people. He's, he's brilliant at training people, particularly people who've been underprivileged and really making them successful. So he spoke about the culture of hospitality. And he said that at Saxby's, we recognize the best team members for our business have three personal traits. They're outgoing, detail-oriented, and disciplined, or they're odd. It's a shame that people who are really good are odd, but nevertheless, regardless of their work experience, you must present and possess these three traits. If you don't have them, you're just not going to be successful. He talks about the importance of hiring and training. We hire engaging people who embrace the importance of a positive human experience and accordingly believe in the business model with passion. As a result, our team members love the company and want to contribute to its overall quality. He does make the point that he trains, but at the end of the day, you need the right protoplasm for training. If people just aren't people people, they're just not going to work. And he has a rule, golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. The platinum rule, treat others the way they want to be treated. And what he strives for is the double platinum rule, treat others the way they don't even know they want to be treated, which is indeed impressive. And when you think about it ourselves, radiology departments need to be proactive to facilitate a positive experience for our patients. Patients who refer to radiology begin their experience when they call to schedule the exam and complete the experience when their physician explains the results of the test. And so we said this before, but just reading the CT scans or MRs or ultrasounds well does not mean you're doing radiology well. Careful selection of the receptionists, nurses, technologists, within these skills, with these three skills is essential to running a department that provides a positive experience for a patient. Because of the intrinsic unpleasantries of any medical procedure, our staff needs to go above and beyond and embrace the double platinum rule, treat others the way they don't even know they want to be treated. We need to anticipate patients' needs and exceed their expectations. And it's not just with patients, radiology residencies. We need to select medical students who are outgoing, detail-oriented, and disciplined and instill in these trainees the importance of excellent customer service for their patient and ordering providers. Radiologists who welcome interaction, who are receptive to consultations, and who generate interpretations that effectively and efficiently guide patient management, provide a positive experience for the referring providers. This is the business model that will ensure practice longevity as we transition to a value-based healthcare system. And that's just an amazing way that Pam Johnson explained what he said, but it's really true. And Nick's model is something that works in any industry. 
hire the right people, understand what you're trying to do, and really try to make the patient experience incredible. Marissa Friedman, who's the Vice President of Global Brand and Advertising at HP, spoke about what's in a name. And remember, she's from HP, Hewlett Packard, one of the great names in computing that actually split themselves in two. And so she really understands the importance of brand name. And these days, when you look at big institutions, think Mayo, think Hopkins, think Cleveland Clinic, we're expanding, we're taking over more hospitals, more clinics. Well, for an enterprise or institution, the name is intricately attached to the value of the brand. It is responsibility of the enterprise or institution to make sure the attributes and values attached to the brand are upheld, ensuring that brand equity is maintained or improved. Why? Because the brand helps attract customers and attract the best staff and allows a company to charge a premium for its products and services. So, for example, one of the reasons McDonald's succeeded, and again, that's a, say it's a fast food restaurant, is because every McDonald's you went to, whether it was Baltimore or it was in Boston or it was in Toronto or in L.A., had the same menu, the same quality. You felt comfortable. You knew what to expect. If every McDonald's had a different menu, it would not be a successful enterprise. Once your brand experience is established and equity is accrued, you need to protect that equity. If your institution were a chain of fine hotels, say the Four Seasons, what would happen to the brand if one of the other properties did not provide the same level of service as the others? Or if the hotel you always stayed in suddenly began to erode in quality, would your opinion of the whole chain change? Would you recommend it still? as your favorite place to stay? Probably not. Consistency is key, and it's something the entire organization has to believe in and convey. In many ways, what Melissa was saying was very much what we were saying, what Nick was saying. It's that same thing. It's expectations and meeting expectations. Perception is so critical. Healthcare facilities can positively affect patients' perceptions by ameliorating the experience surrounding the delivery of healthcare itself. She noted that a relative of hers recounts the experience of undergoing a thyroidectomy at Sloan Kettering. The family waited in a beautifully appointed waiting room, could easily be contacted using a sensor device loaned to them by the hospital, and were able to follow the journey of their loved one on a monitor, also via sensor. This was not only comforting for the patient, but just as importantly, gave them a sense that the facility was indeed state of the art. Think about the opposite of this. They tell you to sit in the waiting room and nobody comes to speak to you for hours upon hours. You think the worst. You don't know what's going on. Melissa also made the point, no surprise, the kinds of people who work for you in your, in your company matter. When you consider a candidate, include a personality test. Hire happy, empathetic people and keep them that way. If you hire happy people and you have a crappy organization and they become unhappy, that's not a good thing. Create an environment that fosters the type of personality and ensures that peer employees participate in the process. Have potential hires interviewed by their peers so that the entire team is invested in the new employee's success. Very good advice whether you're hiring for HP or you're hiring for radiology. Employees should understand that they're all ambassadors of the brand. In your institution, your patients are bound to have many interactions with various employees before they meet you. Some patients will share their experience on social media. 
Alongside many excellent reviews celebrating the superb care offered by your institution, one can read other comments lamenting the long wait times, dirty chairs in the waiting room of the ER, and perceived rudeness of some of the staff members. Through social media, negative perceptions can spread to large audiences, adversely affecting your brand. She goes on the importance a brand does not live inside the walls of a company. It lives in the hearts and minds of your patients, your employees, and your community. And your brand is even more emotionally charged than almost all others. And this point is critical. For your patients, your brand is in their hands because their life is in your hands. Let me say that again. Your brand is in their hands because their life is in your hands. Those are very powerful statements. So some of the conclusions we reached, radiology personnel, receptionists and technologists are the face of our practice. We need to invest in them and promote a patient-friendly and efficient culture. We need to have a good physical layout. Although radiologists justify focus on acquiring state-of-the-art equipment, well-designed facilities project an image of competence and efficiency. And finally, under communication, radiologists need to embrace opportunities to reach out to patients, for example, by making themselves available to answer potential questions through a phone number or an email address included in the report. So again, some very big challenges for us but again, you got to think about what practice you want to have. Bill Brody visited us last year. Dr. Brody was chairman of radiology at Hopkins. He was president of Johns Hopkins, and then he was president of the Salk Institute, and now he's back starting all over again doing venture capital. And he spoke about leadership, and no one can speak about leadership like Bill Brody. Management is about doing things right, whereas leadership is about doing the right things. Again, you don't want managers, you want leaders. But it's not easy. Having the integrity to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences, is what ultimately differentiates the very best of leaders. Leadership is a vague term, but it is readily apparent to everyone when it is absent. There always comes a time when there is a true test for an organization, and you then know who is a true leader. Leadership styles range from Attila the Hun to a consensus maker like Gandhi, and each style can be successful or a failure depending on the individual environment. He quotes Peter Drucker, who once said that the three most charismatic leaders in the 20th century were Hitler, Stalin, and Mao. Their problem was not bad charisma, it was bad mission. Admittedly, I don't have the perfect answer to this dilemma, this dilemma but I will say that my experience have taught me one lesson. Never hire second best. If you can't find the optimal candidate, just restart your search. And again, all three speakers, you gotta hire correctly. Dr. Brody also went on to say that taking time to listen to your people is critical, especially for someone like me who is used to making quick decisions. Soon after taking my first leadership position, I quickly realized that I needed to be the last person who spoke at a meeting rather than the first. An effective leader needs to hear both sides of an issue before making a proper decision. As a manager, you are almost always the last person to know about major problems. This is something Ed Catmull said as well. And your employees, often out of fear of conveying unpleasant news, may not tell you about problems that can quickly snowball into larger catastrophes for your company. 
listen to what your people tell you, but also try to understand their motivations to get better insights into why different people give you different information or advice. I think for leaders, the problem is getting the truth. People tell you what you want to hear, not what the truth is. Dr. Brody went on to say, just as important, the collective wisdom of crowds may not always be correct, and sometimes you have to trust your gut more than the advice you receive or even rational analysis. Listening to people who work for you can also be critical for keeping your job. Leaders are ultimately fired not by their bosses, but by the people below them. And he concludes that the perfect leader is a person who is needed by the company more than he or she needs the company's job. Be willing to make unpopular decisions that might even cost you your job if that is the right thing to do. You need to do the right thing, period. And finally, the last person I'm going to share with you is someone who you may know by name, Jensen Wang, who's the CEO of NVIDIA. NVIDIA is the leading chip company in the world. It is the company that is driving uh, the whole deep learning movement. It's the company that's the leader in driverless cars, gaming, and everything else. NVIDIA has been the most successful stock company the last year and a half, literally since the day Jensen gave this talk at Hopkins in February 2016. Um, also, it's an amazing company that is changing the world. And he was chosen as the number one CEO in the world last year. And it really was an honor to have him here. And let me just share with you some of the comments he made. And he listed a series of four things. And the article is worth reading, but four things. And, I, and I'll go in order. Do work that matters, that is hard, that we are uniquely able to do. Make sure that the problem you are working on matters to other people and is thus commercially viable work that can be funded. Remember, however, that unless you swing for the fences, your company will almost certainly lose. If you don't take risks in business, how can you hope to beat all the other incredible companies in the marketplace? The conservative move is the one that will put you out of business. Do great things. We are at Hopkins, we are at other institutions, do great things. But it's not just doing great things. Do work that brings you incredible joy. Realize that profits may not be there when you start. Use the pride and satisfaction in the work itself as a way to overcome those inevitable initial setbacks and obstacles. And although NVIDIA is number one, NVIDIA for many years was struggling for survival, depending who you ask. There were always challenges, but to do great things, it may not be perfect at the get-go. And it's important to believe in your vision, knowing that the best customers may not at first. It is a truism that several of our most successful innovations were products that consumers claimed to have no interest in prior to our developing them. Success as an innovator sometimes requires the foresight to see ahead of the customer's current wants and desires. Again, this is kind of very similar to what Henry Ford said. If you would ask people what they wanted in the late 1800s, they wanted a faster horse. He built a car. Jensen's building the car, not faster horses. And when you think about what he said, old Joel Jensen Wang's development of a billion-dollar company may seem light years away from the demands of running a local radiology practice. His advice to take joy in your work and care about craftsmanship is valid for any industry. Though it is easy to simply mail it in and provide a mediocre product, 
Maintaining your long-term viability in a competitive industry requires caring a great deal about the quality of your product or service. Certainly, as in Silicon Valley, many radiology practices have encountered failure because they failed to realize that it's quality work that underpins financial success. You can't be chasing the dollar. If you do a great job, you know, you'll do okay financially. But this idea about doing excellence, about passion, about joy is something we need to emphasize. I think these days too many people are down, too many people are complaining. All I could say is get a life. We need to think about the positive, focus on the positive. Things are not always going to be positive, but you really need to be focusing on things that bring joy to you. So. Those were four incredible lectures. We're going to start this year. We're going to have eight lectures. They are going to be incredible. But hopefully I've shared with you some of the lessons we have learned and we're continuing to learn. And it's not something you read once and you put aside. It's something you need to think about and live every day. And we're not perfect either. And I'll speak for myself. Everyone knows I'm not perfect. But um, we are trying harder and harder and it's by listening to people like this and listening to their advice and their intensity that really pushes us forward. So with that, I wish you a great day and speak to you next time.